Hi, Honeymooners. Natasha and I are coming to a city near you. And we'd love you to come see us and support us doing live stand-up comedy. As for me, I'm going to be going to the Comedy Club on State in Madison this very weekend for five shows. I love that club. I'd love to see you there. I'll also be at the Troubadour for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on May the 12th. That's just one night, one show, just me. But Natasha and I are going to be doing a live Endless Honeymoon podcast taping for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on the 4th of May. Then I'm going to the Punchline in Philadelphia. That's in July. Would love to see you there. I'm going to be going to the Punchline in Sacramento in August. And I'll be going to the D.C. Improv uh, the weekend before the election, before we figure out what hell we hath wrought. Come see me at any of those dates. Oh, yeah, one more. I'll be at the Bell House in New York on July the 11th. I'd love to see you there, New York City. Natasha, you got anything? Why don't you come see me in Brea? If you live in Orange County, I think that's Orange County. I don't even know, but come to Brea. I'll be there in April. I'll also be at the Chicago Improv in April. And if you can't see me in Chicago, why don't you come to Tempe in May? Tempe, Arizona. I'll also be in Boston, but that's not till October. I think I might take the summer off. Go to NatashaLegero.com. Or MosheCasher.com. And get some tickets. To see the both of us. And also make sure that you come to our Patreon-supported Dinner party this Sunday. That is on St. Patrick's Day. What else are you doing? It is a dumb holiday. I'm sorry. If you are not yet a member of the tier that gets you into the dinner parties, go ahead and upgrade. Upgrade that. You could downgrade afterwards. I mean, we don't have real rules. Order your corned beef and cabbage from the local pub. DoorDash that shit to your house. Yep. Log on. 6 p.m. Come mess with us. It's a really great way. Pacific. To connect to the community of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast and also to connect to your lovely hosts. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. My name is Dr. Dre. And here is my co-MC, Easy E. Hi, I'm Natasha. Hi, Easy. How you doing? I'm good. Now you got me addicted to these dumb toothpicks. It's not my fault. You always suck on my uh, I nicotine I suck on products. them in a nice way. You like Yours are like uh, shards. I chew on them to get that nicotine out. Gross. It's not. You think it's gross really to have like like wood pulp I think it's around w- the house? It's like you live with a woodchuck. It's one step. <laughs> it's kind of cool. It's one step better than when guys have one of those packets in their mouth and they spit. Oh, the snooze? No, that's actually actually two steps more disgusting than toothpicks. Thank you very much. <laughs> Don't go to snooze, please. What's because um, all of a sudden they they shock you with their big black spit, especially y- in COVID. No snoozing in COVID. You don't want to get shocked by a big black spit. Oh, uh, uh-uh. uh, no, uh-uh. no, 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 no. I think you should go back to the gum, Moshe. I don't want to be chewing on gum all day. I was always biting my lip and stuff. I like. I these like toothpicks. the gum. I like the. I don't do. You know how you don't get dressed up all sexy for me. You do it for you. <laughs> I don't do nicotine toothpicks for you. I do them for me. Right, but you also leave them places. I am working on that. I'm Ooh, trying to get better. Oh, I just thought of something. Yeah. Remember we have all those abalone shells? Yeah. Why don't we put some of those around and those can be your That's toothpick. That's not going to help you. You don't want to look at them. What you need is some... If si- I would way rather have them in a curled up abalone shell that I had to like peer into and they kind of blend in than just you put it like on like sh- a shellacked like mantelpiece. What you need is a, we need some cigar boxes. I'll pop them open, Ooh. pop them in. 
but then a friend comes over and they accidentally open your cigar you box. Mean, my and they friend just, is coming through the house and is like, ooh, free cigars, and opens up I my cigar box. It, okay, now if you do the cigar box, I like where you're going with that. Could you, you empty it every other day? I could I could work. I, could th- I think I could do that. You know what? I think I could do that. Okay, and so we are going to spend the $200 for couples therapy on some maybe a really beautiful cigar box. $200? How much do you think cigar boxes cost? Well, let's get a $200 one. They don't have that. Oh. I could buy a box of cigars and smoke them all, get back into cigarettes. Would you rather me die of lung cancer or your house be um, littered with pulped up toothpicks? I mean, they're like in the laundry. You didn't answer the question. Um, Die of what? Lung cancer. That. You want me to die of lung cancer more than have these little toothpick pulps around? Oh, I thought you meant me. Me. Oh, you? no, I don't want you to die, honey. Thank you. Natasha, by the way, Natasha thinks she's going to die after me. Even though even though she's five years older than me, she's convinced I'm going to die first. Women cr- live longer. Right, but five years longer. I know, but everyone in my family died. All the women died at 82. Your dad died at like 57. That's one guy. That's not a scientific it's study. It's pretty close to who you, who you're, where your genes come from. Pretty close, sure. But my, my, my uh, grandma lived to be 86. My, um, I had a great-grandfather that was 102. Okay. I mean, ain't that something? Yeah. No, you're probably going to live to be like in the hundreds. You think? <laughs> I would love that. Oh, oh, I have a question for you, Natasha. Last time we did cancer or canceled. Would you rather, would you rather, and this is, goes for our listeners as well. You may write in with your hot take on this. Would you rather live to be 120 years old and for 115 of those years you are healthy you are uh, nimble-minded. You can get up and do your own thing. Like, you're smart. All is good. But then the last five years of your life are like agony. Incredible pain. But you get, stay lucid long enough. For like two and a half years, you're lucid enough to feel all of the pain in a conscious mind. But then the last two years, you start losing it. And you are aware. So then you're simultaneously in pain and losing it at the same time. Or, that's option A. Or option B, you die at 75 immediately and instantly. And how late? How long do you get to live in the second one? 120. You get 20. You get 45 extra years. Is that right? I don't know math. Yeah, 45 extra years. For 45 extra years, I- 75. Uh, 75 to 100 is 25, right? And then 120. Yeah, it's 45 extra years. What do you What do you say here? Um, I'm going to go with the 45 extra years, I Hell guess. Oh yeah. 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 Should I make not? it 80 to make it a harder decision? You die at 80. That's what I say. 80. I don't know, honey. You love asking people this. Should I ask our guest? You should ask him about cancer or canceled. Cause I think that he ain't getting canceled. This guy's an American treasure. He's an American true, hero. But I know. So he will definitely say he would rather get canceled. I so bet. Forget it. We've already done that. Now we're going to move on to my next one. Okay. All right. But this I- guy, by the way, I mean, I'll tell you what, one of the milestones in my comedy career was when I did a panel show with him and I was like, I- I've done it with, I did it with Sinbad. By the way, we should get Sinbad on this show. I did it with Sinbad and our next guest and both of those moments, I was just like, dang, I did not expect comedy to have me next to people that I was watching when I was a kid at like at, in a hero's way. I remember listening to my radio to like listen to Dr. Demento under my pillow and he would come on and I was like... Under seventh grade, for sure. A legend. He was he was young then, though. One of the funniest people ever. By the way, I'll tell him this when he comes on, but I've seen him live. Ain't nobody like him. I mean, yeah. one of the best live shows in comedy of all time ever, I will say. Um, are we ready? 
Uh, the one and only. He needs no introduction, even though we just gave him one. Weird Al. Hi, how are you? How you doing? Great. Good you to see you. You look great. You're so far away. Oh, we can I come know. closer. Can you bring <laughs> okay. it closer? All right, good. Good to see you. How are you? I'm doing well. You look doing like well. you're thriving in he the does, pandemic. He does, right? He just like looks healthy and like he's having a good ass time. I know. How'd you do it? <laughs> oh, stay, staying at home all the time is my wheelhouse. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but also your look that you've had from, t- from time immemorial is the look that all men have adopted in the last 18 <laughs> months, you know? True. I, I, I never cut my hair. I just kind of let my body do its thing. <laughs> Wait, is that really your ideal? Because I feel like I'm afraid to admit it might be mine. To stay home it, <laughs> it kind of is i'm one of the kind of people that whenever somebody cancels their plans to get together i'm like great thank you <laughs> i think i think todd barry had a joke <clears throat> about when people cancel plans he wants to write back uh i i would send you a text saying how disappointed i am but i'm too busy doing 15 cartwheels down my hall <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's been rough but you're a family guy That's you true. know you're the real deal Moshe is yeah. too. He's a family guy. You probably enjoyed all this time with your family, right? It's it's nice. I mean, you know, we we all kind of are into our own things, so it's not like we're always playing Yahtzee in the den. <laughs> but uh, but no, it, it was nice to be able to you know not be on the road, not have uh, projects taking up my whole life, and and kind of hanging out with the fam. Yeah. By the way, I was telling Natasha before you came on <clears throat> that I once I saw your uh, you I've seen you before many times, but I watched your full headlining set at i think where was it fun 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 fest in austin oh austin yeah i remember that yeah i don't think we thought barry was there too that's right yeah i don't think i've ever seen and not to i mean you are our guest and we're happy to have you but i don't think i've ever seen a better live comedy show in in, in my life maybe I oh mean, man thank you so well if, when the show is called fun 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 fest you have to you have to deliver <laughs> you can't just do one fun in that situation you, you have to triple up the fun <laughs> do you even remember that show al no I, I do remember that show that was uh uh that was indeed triple fun that was that was a good time well watching you i was like oh i think i work hard and all i do is walk out on stage grab a mic and talk i'm like there was like 50 <laughs> costume change it was incredible to watch incredible wait i have a question do you get jealous when you see like all these people with their crazy tourists schedules like post like do you get FOMO do you feel like you want to be like on you mean, you mean like like right now yeah like everyone's like about to like get out there like how how what's your percentage of needing to get back out there I, you know I can go either way on that because I love playing live and I love touring but I also love like doing nothing at home that <laughs> that's I'm at a point in my life where that's equally good for me and, and right now it's you know we were going to be touring well, I, I, the, the, the tour has been postponed three times wow. already. Right now, we're thinking of maybe spring next year. We're waiting to see like if we're still in the midst of some kind of apocalypse. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay not being out on the road right now. It just seems a little iffy still. You know what would be cool for your brand, Al? At this point, you've done it all. You've been around for so long. You're a legend. You should come out as a hardcore anti-vax, anti-mask, <laughs> like go on tour anyway and like really come out like in a very aggressive way so that people can get really upset at you. It's the right time. I, I could go on tour with uh, Van Morrison and Eric Clapton. <laughs> Maybe form a super group. That would be a truly reality bending moment if, we, if that were to occur. <laughs> Cancer or cancel? Oh, no. Okay, here was our question. We've got some would-you-rathers before we do our first call, okay? Okay, okay, okay. All right. I mean, Al's not in danger of getting canceled unless you do the tour with Eric Clapton. Here's the latest one. (laughs) Okay. Would you rather... This is a little dark. Would you rather 
live to be 120, okay? For 115 years of your life, it's great. You're, you're lucid, you're physically able, you can do whatever you want, you're sharp-minded, everything's good. The last five years, utter agony. The pain starts at 115, and you're sharp-minded enough to experience every widget of pain. Then at 117 and a half, you start to lose your mind, and you're, you're very aware of it. The terror sets in, but the pain's there at the same time. 120, you're finally let off the hook of the agony. Or... Or you, or not. No, I'm just kidding. Or you drop dead at 80 years old. You just, you're gone. That's it. No pain. You just, you're out. That is a deep and dark and heavy question. <laughs> wow. Well, I've already heard him say it three times, so now I do have new insight on it, so I can go first. Okay, Natasha. Well, when you were just saying it this time, it made me realize, well, that pain is the price I'll have to say for meeting my children's children. Children's children's children, probably. That actually. sounds pretty cool. But then I might have so much angst for like so many years about this pain that I know is going to happen. Five straight years. Yeah, you, the way you made the pain sound in this one it felt pretty bad. Well, though. I was I was adding a little bit for you, Al, because you're our guest. I want to impress you, so <laughs> I kind I kind of like Thank leaned you. into it a little bit. I, I'm just gonna pick the old one just because. 120, Al. What's your what's your call? Now the question is presupposing that the first 115 years of my life, including the years I've already lived, have been awesome, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, everything's good. It's oh, by okay, I'll give you that too. Also. So that, so that, Everything you've wanted so to accomplish. Any, years that weren't awesome, they become awesome in the meantime. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All your bad experiences are erased in retro. In, wow. Yeah, we're retconning that's your a life. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a real tricky question. It's one of those hypotheticals which I get asked every day. Sure. <laughs> when I talk to Beelzebub, he says, Beelzebub. No, um, I, I think I have to go with the, with the old Al myself. I mean, it's another another thirty five years to like hang out with my great 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 grandchildren, and and I'll I'll suffer for a few years for that, I suppose. But yeah, it's you know it's not an easy question, obviously. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm Team Old Al. Oh, and imagine the art you'll write as you're suffering. You'll be like Oscar Wilde on like one of those treadmills. What was that thing called that you had to like in jail? You had to like do a step thing or what? I don't know. Peloton. This. No. <laughs> yeah, every prison in America has a Peloton. No, now, it's right? like the old turn of the century, like British. It was like something you'd be sentenced to. He was sentenced for sodomy, but it was just like I remember. I didn't know what it was, and I googled it, and it's just like this like weird treadmill of like stone. Maybe know. you're like think of the rack. I don't the Iron know. Maiden. I don't you know. know. The, the, the rack, you know, I was, we were visiting the Tower of London uh, uh, and and I saw the rack and I thought, you know, I bet when you're being tortured on the rack, it feels good for the first couple seconds. Like, oh, oh, I, this is so relaxing. Oh, I feel so stretched out. Oh, no, no, too much, too much, too much, too much. <laughs> oh, they're committing to this. Yeah. Oh, my God, that's awful. Al, how, uh, how did you, um, you have been in the entertainment industry for such a long time. How did you decide to be a nice guy? Was there a point where you were like, I'm going to be cool? Or were you like, or is this natural? Or did you ever have a thought like, maybe I'll be an asshole? <laughs> yeah, I, I, a lot of people bring this up and it always confuses me. I, I like to be thought of as a nice guy and I think I am a nice guy. But I mean, you're nice. You guys are nice. My friends are nice. I don't know really any jerks. I mean, they just don't hang out with jerks. But most of the people that I meet, even in the entertainment industry, they're pretty nice. So, <laughs> you know, I'm glad to have that reputation, but I kind of don't really get it. Well, turn around. Eric Clapton's in your window right now, actually. <laughs> he wants to say hi. Um, What's wrong with Eric Clapton? Eric, oh, you haven't been reading about Eric Clapton lately? 
No. He's a problem. He's on my tour. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's what going, did he do? Oh, everything. All right. Well, I just know his son fell out of a window. Okay. Well, that part. So I always feel bad for him. You, you, yeah. That part, he does get our sympathy for. Anyway, uh, Al, do you have any, uh, before we take our, our call, do you have any wisdom that you've gained over the last year? What is your takeaway from this pandemic, this year of introspection? Do you have anything? Uh, it was not a year of learning or growth for me. Interesting. I, and that's okay. Yeah. You know, I, I, I had a choice. I could either focus my creativity and, and, and do some kind of musical comedy masterwork and put out a special like Bo Burnham, or I could stay on my robe for 14 hours a day playing video games. <laughs> and you chose. And I have no problems with my choice. <laughs> what do you play? Oh, gosh. Uh, just oh, awful. You know, I, I have uh, Grand Theft Auto, God of War, just like, you know, Love any it. kind of mind numbing thing to take my mind off reality. Do you have an Oculus? Moshe loves that. I've been working out with my Oculus and it's like the best workout tool I've ever found. It's pretty fun, actually, although I would be afraid to have kids look at it. Yeah, it does like seem anyone like under like 25. Like, I don't want them to know like how <laughs> how much how- better reality could actually be. <laughs> <laughs> kind of I don't know I've got one of those 360 uh, uh, movie cameras as well so I can like walk around the house and document what it's like to be in my house as if I weren't here all the time anyway <laughs> <laughs> um, well we got we really appreciate you doing the uh, podcast and we uh, we are very excited to do a call with you are you would you take a advice call and dole out some advice to our listeners I'll, I'll, I'll try you know I, I tried to warn you I'm not great at interpersonal relationship uh <laughs> Well, all you things, can, but we'll give it a shot. Let's you can make you happens. can make fun of them too. The choice is really yours. You you do whatever you want. Treat them like one of the. Uh, I can mock their pain. That's right. Treat them like one of the um like one of the pedestrians in Grand Theft Auto and just throw them into a dumpster. <laughs> whatever you want to do. Hey Tosh. Yeah, Mosh. You know how I would describe you? How a night sweater. That's rude. It's rude, but it's real, and it's summertime, <laughs> and it's getting worse. And that means there's going to be hot, sunny nights, and you're going to be sweating up a storm. And I have got some Brooklyn and crisp sheets that breathe, and they will keep you cool. And that means you can say goodbye to those sweaty summer nights. No, I love Brooklyn, and I do agree. The sheets make a huge difference in my sweating at night. Absolutely. You spend a third of your life sleeping, so you want to make sure that your bed is as comfortable as possible. But maybe you looked at some retailers and you thought about how expensive the stuff was and you were like, ah, I'm not dealing with this. Check out Brooklinen because they've taken out the middleman and they can get you luxury quality without the luxury level markups. Brooklinen was started to create beautiful, high quality home essentials that don't cost too much money. And you know what? It's really nice to be able to buy luxury items that aren't like you're not. It's not extortion. I'm talking buttery, soft and breathable sheets. Plush and absorbent towels, cozy robes, and comfy loungewear that you'll want to put on. This stuff does not feel cheap. And never take off. <laughs> They're so confident in their core products that they come with a 365-day warranty. And fans are so confident they've received over 75,000 five-star reviews. They got great customer service. They'll send it right to you. Give yourself the comfort refresh you deserve and get it for less at Brooklyn. Go to brooklinen.com and use promo code HONEYMOON to get $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and enter promo code HONEYMOON for $20 off with your minimum purchase of $100. That's brooklinen.com, promo code HONEYMOON. Hey, Tosh. Yeah, Mosh. You've been very reluctant, but we finally have a second child. 
Yeah, her name is Alexa. We got an Amazon Echo, folks, and Natasha was scared, but then we started communicating with her, and she's actually really cool. No, I actually hate it on every level except the music part. Amazon Music is basically every single song ever made it's at your so fingertips. It's so amazing. It's it's so good. It's worth uh, having someone listen to every single thing I say. We have an Alexa. We have an Echo. And we I just go, hey, Alexa, play the Endless Honeymoon podcast. And boom, yow, bam, yow, on will come the podcast or any song we want to hear. I mean, it's such an amazing feature. I'm just like, if I'm going to say something that I don't want everyone to hear, I'll just do, use sign language to you. And here's the best part. Yes. It's, I'm just saying it's worth it. Natasha's learning sign language so we can communicate <laughs> directly. And the best part is every subscription to Amazon Music comes with a free ticket to outer space sitting next to Jeff Bezos. <laughs> that last part was not true, but this technology is space age. If you've never tried Amazon Music Unlimited, now's a great time. For a limited time, new customers can try Amazon Music Unlimited for 30 days for free. No credit card required. Just go to Amazon.com slash Endless Honeymoon. That's Amazon.com slash Endless Honeymoon to try Amazon Music Unlimited free for 30 days. You're going to love it. Amazon.com slash Endless Honeymoon. Renews automatically. Cancel anytime. Terms apply. Okay, we're going to call Bo in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, your nemesis, Bo, here in Los Angeles, who's created the, oh. great, the great comedy master work. <laughs> My nemesis. <laughs> uh, let's call Bo. He's our nemesis and our hero. Hello. How are y'all? Good. Hi, good. It's Moshe Kasher, Natasha Legero, and of course... Weird Al Yankovic is here to help you out. Hey, Bo, how's it going? It's going well. Oh, my God. Huge fan yes. of all of y'all's. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we're more of a Beelzebub podcast. It happened in the last ten minutes. <laughs> yes, yes. So call out, call out to that man. Um, what's what's happening? How can we help you? Uh, well, uh, this is the relationship advice podcast, and I uh, was talking with your lovely producer Laura, and uh, basically, uh, I was in a really long relationship, eight years, relatively long, you know, and. Uh, I have trouble like finding any, in it's not even a lack of trust issue. It's more of just finding interest in new relationships. I've had bad and good since then and had no interest in committing. I was afraid of losing another eight years. So I don't, I'm kind of in that place of where do I go from here? How do you find some? So you're basically you're out of an, a long relationship. I can yep. already tell from your background, you, you play too many video games. No, those are VHS tapes. Okay. Yeah, you watch too many movies. That's what we <laughs> yeah, think. Yeah. Give up on media. Just give up on media altogether. <laughs> so you're out of a long relationship, and because that relationship loomed so large in your background, yeah. you're thinking you, you find it hard to connect with anybody else. No, I find it very easy to connect with people, but committing to going into something super serious, like long-term again, is daunting and overwhelming. You know, I'm just... I had a really nice relationship. I met her during the beginning of pandemic and we were together for six months and we broke up because she was like, I know you don't aren't taking this serious enough. And I was like, you're right. I'm not. And right. you just weren't that into her, honey. You, you're you, know, and you might be right, but I, I don't know. Well, is it difficult to stay in a relationship when you're a long haul trucker? I'm only assuming that right based on the mustache and the haircut. I didn't know if I was. I didn't know it was on Jeff Ross's podcast. <laughs> oh, he burned you, Moshe. Burned back. I got roasted back. <laughs> 
I mean, unless you're like desperate to start a family, in my opinion, I don't know what the what the what's the rush. Yeah, you right. Know? Am, yeah, am I just a shitty white guy complaining about nothing, or I, I don't know, like. But I do kind of feel like I'm treading water for no reason. Right. You might be a shitty white guy that just made an excuse to talk to Weird Al. I mean, well, it's just a, it, I didn't even know he was knows? on the show. I would make any excuse to talk to Weird Al. <laughs> Al, what do you think? I mean, you've been in a marriage for a long time. You're a, you're, a, you're a happily married man. What is the secret to finding someone that you can do? You, do you have any insight on finding someone that f- makes you want to stick around? You know, it's it's uh, a little bit of tenacity. I mean, I didn't find the love of my life until I was in my late 30s. So it's, uh, you know, it's a little bit, bit tough for me to give relationship advice because I've had a string of very dysfunctional relationships throughout most of my adult life. Uh, but I just kind of hang in there and... and uh, now maybe is a time for you to work on self care, uh, yeah. which not not necessarily like like have a spa day or any kind of woo woo stuff like that. But although you know, although you could use a spa day just based on the facial hair. <laughs> come That's on, hey, come on, Jeff Ross is back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were saying Al. Sorry, self care. Yeah, just just you know, yeah, brush your teeth every once in a while. You know, stuff like that. I'll think on it. I think we're all kind of saying the same. We're all thinking and saying the same thing. Yeah. Why? I And I'll put the question back to you. Why do you think you have to? Why do you think that, that that should be the goal is to be in one of these? Maybe you should be alone. Maybe you should just have fun flings. Maybe that's not where you're at right now. What, why do you think that's important? I, I don't necessarily. And I truly enjoy my alone time. And I and um, it's not that I feel like I need that. I just feel like. You're kind of hung up on this other girl. On a year girl. No, yeah. I don't feel like I am. I just feel like I was on a path that I thought was the right path. And now that it's over, I'm like, oh, well, what what the heck? What, what am I supposed to do? You know, are you, are you feeling like every relationship that you start now was just doomed to fail? Is that kind of poisoned your mind a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. No, that I definitely do feel that sometimes. Yeah. Not doomed to fail, but I'm just like. I don't want to waste other people's time when I already know that I'm not going anywhere with this. You know, I would hate to waste somebody's time and they'd be like, you're a piece of shit. This has been six Mm -hmm. months and you could have told me this forever ago. And I'm like, sorry. Are you just feeling like you just don't want to commit to anybody at this point? I don't know. You're you're a young guy. I mean, I think you're going to meet someone that you're going to be attracted to eventually. Then I'll be like, boom, and it'll be. Then- no, but I think she might not like you back if you don't like spend this time <laughs> really thinking about what you want and, you know, what would be good for you. I've had a couple of those. And- I've had a couple of those. <laughs> I, I, I would say that I'm kind of like, I'm like Al in that most of my love life was unsuccessful until I met Natasha. And I started to get into this group when I was, I was like looking into what was going on with myself and trying to figure it out. By the way, my primary feeling listening to you is like life is supposed to be lived and experienced, not figured out. Like you don't need to figure it out now what's going to happen. You're just supposed to go through life and have experiences. But I kept having this realization where I was like, if nobody I'm dating is good enough for me, then I must be the problem. Yeah. And I just so I went into work on myself and work on myself and work on myself. And and no matter how much I worked on myself, nothing seemed to change. I kept having relationships that were unfulfilling or short lived, exciting, but not meaningful. And I was like, it's me. It's got to be me. It's got to be me. And then I met Natasha and everything felt very easy. And then we got married. So then I was like, oh, maybe I was wrong. Maybe it wasn't me. You just have to meet a tolerant woman. Yeah, you got to meet a (laughs) way around to find somebody. 
It, it seems like maybe you're, I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it seems like maybe you're just not ready for that kind of a relationship, which is fine because, I mean, uh, I, I, again, I met my wife uh, in my late 30s, and it, it, was, I, it wasn't until very close to that point that I really was open for a very, very serious relationship like that. And, and she was the same way. She, you know, it was, uh, our, uh, you know, the one and only marriage for both of us. Yeah. And so we found each other late in life, and it, we t talk all the time about how if we met each other in our 20s, it probably wouldn't have worked out because neither one of us at that point were ready for that kind of a relationship. So maybe you just need to find your time. Yeah, take it, take it easy. And and the the girl that I dated for six months, had I met her before the eight year one, I probably would be dating her right now. You know, right? I'd probably still be with her. It sounds to me like you're two in your head, and you should just yeah, sit back. <laughs> Sit back and enjoy what happens. And and I have one tip for you too. When you think about this eight year relationship, think about what you really liked in it and what what was what you want to keep from that experience. Oh, and there's then also definitely what... rose tinted glasses on the eight year relationship. You know. No, what? I know, but what I'm saying is, and then think about what you didn't like in that relationship. Yeah. What made it what made it crumble? And just make sure you're really clear about those things too. As Absolutely. You enter into your next phase eventually. Let me ask you a question. When you think about that eight year relationship, do you think that she wasted your time? No, no. So why do you think that dating somebody now would waste their time if you if if you weren't ready to fully commit to the end of Earth and the end of life? I I just feel guilt towards the idea of like a year goes by and it's like is this guy or two years or whatever? It's like oh, I don't know. I just don't want it to not be reciprocal at the level that just, they want it to be. I feel like just stop trying to figure it out. That's what I think. That's my advice. <laughs> that, Natasha, too. Al, any parting words? You don't think so much. Yeah, don't think so much. <laughs> we all feel the same way. Yeah, just just watch all the best pictures this year. Yeah, yes, just keep watching yes. those, those VHSs and yeah. don't think so much. Yes. Good luck. All right, uh, good luck, honey. My, my sister works for TBS, and she wanted me to shout out your show, Rat in the Kitchen. Mwah! Oh, oh yeah. thank you. And Weird Al Running with Sisters was my shit. So I love you. <laughs> oh, thanks. Most, thank you, man. Most, uh, I don't have anything for you, but I love you. Oh, yeah. oh thanks. Oh, thanks, burn. Man. Third one of the well, night. Well, I've got something for you. It's a pair of clippers. Come on. Boom. Oh, We're back, it. baby. Get, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> he was cute. He was cute. Um, hey, Al, we really want to thank you. And we uh, miss you. We miss seeing you. So hopefully we'll get to see each other in the flesh someday. Uh, hope, hopefully see you IRL someday soon. Would love that so much. <laughs> IRL. Although we don't even know if you're sincere because we know you like staying home and just playing Grand Theft Auto. Maybe I'll see well, you. come on over. Come on. I got a controller for you guys too. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Natasha, you ready for the uh, your Oculus experience? Yeah. With Weird Al, I guess you would. Al, thanks again for joining us. Thanks, guys. Okay. Bye. See you soon. What a cool dude. Should have asked about cancer or canceled. He doesn't. He's not getting canceled. The other thing I wanted to say when I would listen to Dr. Demento when I was young, it, the reason why I mentioned it is because it was like before I developed any personality, I was listening to like this comedy influence. And I think that must have really helped me. Now I'm thinking about it, it must have really helped. Even funny songs, they were like all funny songs. Oh. But like even listening to that before I had good, listened to Good Taste in Music... Um, were you a comedy fan even as a I didn't remember that I always thought music came first because I remember being on the bus in seventh grade because seventh grade I was like really like just a normal person and then on the way to eighth grade this I was sitting next to like one of the waivers and she was like 
What's the waivers? Like the 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 new waivers. Oh, cool. And okay. I was sitting on the bus, and I remember I was in this like kind of matchy matchy like you know esprit jumpsuit, and I was listening to the radio on my headphones, and she was like, you know, you don't have to listen to that. No way, really. Yeah, <laughs> and then really she cool. told me what to get, and then like I just changed immediately. I was like, oh. The Smiths, The Cure, this is way better than what they were playing on the radio. But I used to always listen to the radio and they used to have this channel that had Dr. Demento, which, which, was, which was like comedy. That was like in fourth grade on the bus, like really young. So anyway, I'm just saying I never realized how early my comedy influence came. I, I, I didn't realize it was that young. That's cool. I don't think I had any connection to comedy when I was young, really. And then I also loved Neil Simon. When I started studying theater, I loved Neil Simon plays. So I, those were always my favorite. I just thought it was so funny. I, love, I, I just devoured every single one in the library. At what point did you know you wanted to be a comedian? Not until... A stand-up comedian? Like 26. But you knew you wanted to be in comedy. I knew young. that when comedy happened, people like... I remember people laughing all the time when I wasn't trying to make them laugh. And I felt and I would be in like dramas and like is like a young child actor, but people would still laugh at things I said. And I don't know. I just always remembered that or in class. Like I just so then I think that it just kind of I don't know. Well, I just, love this. I'm just glad for Weird Al that I just remembered that. Oh, that can't because sometimes you don't know where what it's from. Or then I love John Waters. Like then before I did stand up, I, I thought John Waters was really like I just loved when something was like really dark. <laughs> He's dark and Al's not. He's like the light. Al's not dark. That that, that was good for a fourth grader. Al's Dr. Like Demento. Light. Al's like the light John Waters. No, I know. Oh, maybe John Waters would do the podcast. Probably not, though. He probably says he probably has like a standing no. <laughs> to every podcast request. <laughs> I'll ask anyway. You want to hear some secrets? Let's do it. Hi, Moshe and Natasha. A huge fan of the two of you for a long time. Um... My name may be David. I may be calling from the Los Angeles area, and I may be driving Uber right now. I am calling because uh, I, for years, have been keeping this secret. Um, when I was a young child, I uh, was very horny. Uh, I'm sure that you could relate to this, Moshe. Uh, and I would go snooping through my parents' porn drawers. And I would find old porn. Well, one day I was snooping through their porn drawer and I was bored with the porn that I was watching. So I decided to go through my dad's drawer and unfortunately found naked pictures of my father holding his penis in the tub. I'm assuming pictures that he took with the intention to share with my mother. Along with those pictures, I found a huge purple dildo that was wrapped up in a sock in my father's sock drawer next to his naked photo. And to this day, I'm not sure who the dildo was for. Like, did my dad enjoy fucking himself in the ass and looking at old pictures of himself <laughs> while my mom wasn't around? Or was that a dildo that they both shared? Did she fuck my dad in the ass with the dildo? <laughs> is all of his gay hate just to cover? Like, is that, like, overcompensation? Does my dad like to be fucked in the ass? It's really funny because <laughs> I don't. Uh, anyway, that's it. That's my secret. I wish I knew if my dad liked to be fucked in the ass, then I'd give him shit for it. Well, 
shit for it. Anyway, this has gone on for too long. I hope you guys enjoyed my secret. I've never told anybody that. And now you know. I love the podcast. Keep it going. I feel like now that he's popped the cherry on the secret, do you think he'll tell the next people who get into the Uber? <laughs> Before you give me my rating, let me just tell you a quick story. Here's what I'll say about that. When that happened to you as a child, that sh- that was a great lesson from above, which is no snooping. Uh-huh. Don't snoop on people. You never find... I mean, it's fun when you're young. You get one or two. But like, it's never, it's always misconstrued. It's always like, oh, I didn't, I, or it could be, or it could be way darker than you think. I don't know. I just feel like don't do it. Unless you like, I guess someone's life is at risk or something. Well, it sounds like though, in some ways, all the questions that it raised for this guy, it also uh, pierced some of the uh, trauma that he had with his dad. It sounded, if I didn't misunderstand, that the caller was gay yeah. and that his dad was a little homophobic growing That's up. That's what it And then all like. of a sudden he opens up this drawer and he's got his dad, his dad's in like a leather harness holding his cock right next to a purple dildo in a sock. Like, you know, at least the questions raised by what he found well, allowed him to think, well, you know, my dad's a bit of a hypocrite. If he's a, if he's a, a kinky sexual guy, like who does he have to, ju- who, who does he think he is to judge me? Yeah. And if you're sleuthing, you know, first of all, here's what I would say. Do your parents share things like, you know, is it their bedroom? Like, is it or is that like your dad's special drawer that no one's allowed to go into? I think that could kind of give you a little bit of a hint as to like what exactly if the mom's in on it, because I feel like. But also, why are you snooping so deep into your dad's like special drawer? Honestly, he should have just smelled it and then he would have known. Oh, my God. Natasha, I'm sorry. That joke was beneath all of us. And I do apologize. I shouldn't have made it, but I did. And it came out. And that's the way it is. All right. Let's hear another secret. Hey, Natasha. Hey, Moshe. Um, I have a secret. Um, so when I gave my first blowjob, um, I thought that I was actually supposed to blow. Um, so I was probably about 16. I didn't have much experience. Um, and so I literally blew into the penis like a balloon. Um, I don't know how common that is, but it's pretty embarrassing. I've never told anybody before. I think that the person receiving the blowjob um, caught on. Uh, he, he didn't say anything, but eventually I was like, I don't think this feels good for him. And so I kind of started alternating, blowing and sucking. Um, it got the job done eventually, but... That's my secret. Thanks. Okay, I'll just tell you right now. Same. Really? You blew? Yeah, and then what happened? Well, I was like, that's what I thought it was. I didn't ask anyone. And then I remember I was in the back of a car, and I was like, okay, I'm going down to blow. And then as soon as (laughs) I went down to blow, it was like, click. Oh, I get it. Oh, you never... I, I was like going to blow. You're gonna go, and then immediately. I guess, like, and then I was like, as soon as I tasted it, I was like, or touched my lips against that. Wow, this is a horny penis. Podcast. I was like, you know what? All I think, you know what it was? My blood memory from all of the past oh. lives of being a prostitute kind of kicked in, and I was like, I get it. That and you know what? I've been good at sex ever since. That is fascinating. The closest I could say that I came to that is for a long time, I thought that babies were birthed out of women's buttholes. <laughs> I just didn't really understand. Why would you think that? Why well, didn't really... Your mom told you about lesbian poetry, but she didn't tell you that women came out of a vagina? I know, but I just did, couldn't, I couldn't envision it. It didn't make sense. 
And so I just thought that you, I knew that, that buttholes, things came out of it. I thought that must be it. That must be the way. I see. Anyway. I wish Weird Al was here to hear some of this stuff. Weigh in on what he thinks of purple dildos being jammed deep in father's buttholes or blowing on a cock. It just seems like his brand. Okay, let's do one more. One more. Cleanse my penis palate. Mm. Hey, Tosh Mosh. This is not a comedy routine. Everybody knows that when you throw two socks in the washer, you pull one out of the dryer and the other one disappears. So what I have uh, figured out is that I will take that one sock that doesn't have a match and I'll keep it in my car. And then sometimes while I'm driving, I will masturbate into that sock because there's no other sock to match it. Um, that's, that's my secret. And uh, I highly recommend it for anybody who only has one sock. There's just something about <laughs> masturbating while driving that's really pleasurable. I love the show. I mean, this is... Have you ever masturbated and driven? I have, yeah. But it's uh, that's not something you do like all the time, right? That's no. It's not like something like, oh, it's my masturbating and driving sock. Like, oh, or is yeah, everyone just masturbating and driving? I, I would say that 90% of men in LA have a cum sock in their car. Are you kidding? I am kidding, yes. Oh, God, thank God. <laughs> well, sometimes men surprise me. Well, right. I mean, I, to me, that was a classic example of a person that thought a secret was one thing, but it was actually another. He's like, the secret is I take the extra sock to wipe up the cum from when I do my driving masturbating. And it's like, no, the secret is you're a chronic car masturbator. And that's really weird. Um, what do you think? Should we do one more secret? Well, hold on. I also think it's funny to be that organized as a... I know, you I know. know. You to can't know, find your socks, it. but you're like, oh, I should have a sock in the car. You see the future in, ahead of you enough to know, okay, well, I definitely need some sort of uh, cloth to, to dibble up the cum. <laughs> so let me just see. Oh, you know what would be a great alternative to just having a shop rag? He's like, he's like a neat freak who right. does his own laundry, but also maybe a chronic car masturbator. Hey, just pay attention to the road, okay? We got everyone out there texting. Yeah. We're driving with kids over here, yeah, okay? Yeah, just please watch out. Want to do another secret? No, I'm Okay, done. you want to do a call? Yeah, can we please... I, I wanted to talk to this person. Okay, sure. Okay, let's call Mina in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Mina. Thank gosh, it's so good to be here. Whew, the anxiety. <laughs> Don't have any. Perfect. Did that work? Not very well. Not very well. But nothing I haven't heard my whole life, so... <laughs> No, I do that with my kid. Like if she's ever upset or crying, I'll take her in my arms and I'll scream in her face. Don't cry anymore. Stop crying. Don't feel that way. Well, that's what my parents actually did with me. That's why I'm like <laughs> now. So you might want to halt on that. Did they really? No, not that I remember. How's Santa Fe? We want to be there. Um, It's raining for once and it's the desert. So good, I guess. <laughs> Hot. Yeah. It's hot. I love Santa Fe. You know what? If you're in a hot, rainy desert resort town, you're good. Oh, man. Yeah, it's basically, yeah, just the desert. <laughs> Remember our time in Santa Fe, Tosh? We had the most fun in Santa Fe. We stayed in a forest in my camper that was 10 minutes away from the 10,000 Waves Spa. Mm -hmm. And we soaked in the spa. And then we went to Meow Wolf. And then we ate red, we ate Christmas chili. And then, God, what a day that was. Perfect. You did it all. We did it. Nothing more needs to be done. <laughs> What's, uh, 
So, so Mina, tell us what's going on. All right. So basically I, me and my boyfriend, we've been together for almost two years. Um, I'm 20. So, and he's 22. So we're kind of, we're a little bit more mature for our age, just like money wise and where our priorities are. Um, and so we're trying to move forward with that and get our own place together. Um, and his family is a huge part of our relationship and our lives consistently. Um, his mom lives directly across the street from him. Um, so that's difficult. And then, um, yeah, they're just like very different than me. They're like huge Trump supporters and very. Can you tolerate it? I can tolerate it. And I've been tolerating it for like two years going over there constantly and going back and forth between our houses. And, um, now we're excited about getting our own place. And he understands that, um, the boundary lines between him and his family are very strange to say the least. Um, but basically (sighs) now that we're able to get our own place, um, his family just has like a lot of, uh, I guess they just expect like a ton from him. Like his sister's pregnant now. Um, she just had the baby like a week ago and she's not pregnant now. No, no, no. Listen, I know you're mature. I know you're mature for your age, but once you have the baby, (laughs) you're no longer pregnant. That's just some wisdom from an older, an older guy that's seen it all. (laughs) I'm sure you have. Um, yeah. So basically just, her expectation expectations with him, she, he lives with, she lives with him right now. And it's just the two of them splitting the rent between each other. Um, and she lives with his pregnant sister. <laughs> yeah. Again, Natasha, she had the baby The she's not pregnant anymore, but now you're taking it. So is he kind of like the mother hen that everyone kind of circulates around and he takes care of them all? Oh, completely. Like his mom had all of her, she had all four of her kids before the age of 20. So he's, kind of the father figure, the helper outer. I see. That's a lot. I mean, it's amazing to meet a man like that because I'm sure he has like great qualities and has really developed his like patience. And I don't know, it sounds oh, like, complete, you know, he's his caregiving. It's just more yeah. like, I don't want to have to feel this resent growing against his family because of how much they're disrupting our own relationship. I have it. I have it. You have to manipulate his family through him and you have to like explain to him that you have boundaries. And I think that they listen to him. He's the, he's the mother hen for whatever reason. So it's like, he is going, it's a, it's actually together. You two have to be like a solid unit. And I don't know exactly. You might have to do it in therapy. You might have to do it in a few sessions. But don't you think, Moshe, like together figure out how to, unless he's like, what? I want to be around my family, you know, this much time. I want our, my sister to live with us. If, if he's like that, then you have to decide if you can live with that. Because it's going to get 20% worse than it is that you're already tolerating once you move in together, once you're there all the time, you're going to see all this stuff he does for his family that you didn't even know about. So I really think you need to have a talk. Well, I'm okay. Do you live with your folks or do you live alone? Um, Right now, yeah, I live with my dad at the moment. Um, Got it. And... Because I was going to say, when you when you bragged about how mature you were for 20, I was going to be like, I hate things like this when people brag. And then I looked, I was like, look at her house. There's two houseplants growing. This is, she is mature. Like, I couldn't keep a houseplant growing. I, I, I couldn't keep a houseplant growing now. I can barely keep our child alive. So you do kind of have your shit together, it sounds like. I'm still trying to get to the, what is the 
thing that you're concerned about is like Moshe's like what's wrong with spending five days a week with your family no that's not what I'm saying (laughs) I'm saying like what are you worried about is going to happen what's your worry I guess I'm just worried that things won't change necessarily like we will so you want them to change yeah I just want them to not I want him to be able to tell his sister and we have we talked and we set a date which is six months from now roughly so the beginning of 2022 is our date to move um, so that we have time to save up a good amount of money and stuff so that we can be comfortable. Um, but I just don't want to feel negatively towards his family. And then that means you need to see them less to not be annoyed by them. And if you do, you guys, do you guys have any sense of comedy about that or any kind of sense of humor about that? You and your husband or your boyfriend? Um, I do. Yeah, definitely. No, not you. I know you do. Does he together? Can you can you joke about um, it? Yeah, we can joke about it more or less. It's also just like they I feel like they drain him a lot and he wants to help them and he loves to help them, but they kind of take advantage of that. So he works like in um, he does like electrical work and stuff like hand, very hands on. So they tend. Well, you can't tell him that he's spending too much time helping his mom or his sister do their electrical or whatever. That's his choice. But what does have to do with you is how much how much time they spend over at your house. And you can explain to him, you can even in a funny way. Hi, honey, just so you know, like I'm, I'm good on like once a week to have them over. Let's do a once a week dinner or whatever it is that they're into or maybe a movie night, whatever you think. And you can host it. And and just that can be like your thing. And you can say like, I don't want to get resentful of them. It's a lot for me. I'm just not. You can say things like I'm just not used to having like that much family around. I want us to be really happy. And, you know, in terms of him getting overworked, doing their like handyman jobs, like whatever, that's. I don't, I mean, you, if he asks you, you can tell him your opinion, but you know, he's probably going to help. You don't want to be the woman being like, don't help your mom so much, you know, but I think you can definitely be the woman saying like, I can't have lunch with your mom three times a week. Right. How much? And I think that's totally, and it's going to make you happier and you're just trying to get ahead of it. And you have to be able to tell him that. How much would he like to see his family? What's your nightmare of what he would want? it's already kind of like every holidays at his family's house my family's very like separated and they're all a bunch of alcoholics so my family's kind of whatever um but so that there's good positive qualities to his family too yes. and that's what you need to that's what you need to lead with when you tell him this i love your family i love blank blank and blank and it's not like my family and it makes really makes me feel accepted and i really love that about them however i'm good with once a week yeah exactly it's just the boundaries that's like a big issue yeah and it's hard to explain it to him because then I explain it to him and he, that's all he's known his whole life is how his family dynamic is you know what I mean so like we're here's here's what I'm seeing and I'm you, s- you might be marrying someone who doesn't have good boundaries yes you are because Moshe's mom didn't have good boundaries but then Moshe told her you can't just come over whenever you want and then she listened to him but it's because he spoke to her and told her what was up but here's what I'm th- hearing here's what I'm hearing he is a good guy and he's in this dynamic mm-hmm. uh, with his family where they're like a big old, like, you know, classic. They need him. He's the they're big. Classic yeah. Hispanic he's, New Mexican family. Yeah, exactly. Or, or Italian or Arab. There's a lot of cultures where like where separation isn't really a part of the culture. It's like it's a glom. And when you get into a relationship, you're in the family. And part of that happens. This is the difference between what happened with me and what happened with with your partner is I was 38 years old 
And part of a natural thing that happens as you get older is you go, you know what? I've got my little unit and then I'm a part of my family, but I've also got my little family that I've started over here. That's kind of natural that you kind of grow away from your role that you grew up with and you go, oh, I've got a new role. Now it's husband, it's father, it's this. So the, the, the thing that you think is so mature about him for his age is also complicated by the fact that the, the thing that's making it difficult for him to have the courage to say or to even have the awareness to say, ah, this is actually too much overlap is probably like an age thing. The only thing I, I think Natasha's giving you great advice, the only thing I would caution is in this kind of dynamic, it's very easy for it to spill over into drama. It's like I could see it so easily turning into that bitch is coming into our family. But he, she, that's why she needs to manipulate them through her husband. Yeah, yeah. And like really make sure that you guys are simpatico and he gets it, mm -hmm. you know, because the, the truth is like he can go see his mom every day if he wants. What is just you bringing them over to your house? How about we have a once a week thing? Because I feel like if I have them over like more than once a week, it might be a lot for me. Or if maybe you can do twice a week. What's but, his you know, vibe? And say, and I, and I don't want to tell them that. Uh, yeah. What's his vibe when you pitch that kind of stuff? Is he like, you're right, I, I need a little bit more boundaries? Or is he like, this is my family. My family is everything. At first, it was very, my family is everything. And you just don't understand our family dynamic because your family. But your pussy's good. So he like, you like wore him down. And now he's like, okay. Yeah, they are kind. Okay, I can maybe say something. Yeah, I just, I mean, and I love his family in every dynamic. And I know that they they're super great in a lot of senses, but then there's also instances where they're just, they're very involved, I guess. Yes, so so what Natasha's saying is right, except the one atomic thing that you must avoid at all costs. I'm now figuring it out, and it's possible that your, your boyfriend won't know to do this. He cannot say she needs a little bit of distance from the family. Yeah. He can't he say can't that. He can't say that to You them. have to make sure... Moshe he, didn't say that to his mom. You have to make sure he doesn't say that because if he says that, it's a drop of poison yeah. in, the, in the in the family well. well his that are I'm fighters, I'm, so it's not... He knows better. His what? His sisters, or his sisters are fighters, so he knows better. Just well, don't, also, don't do that. Moshe yeah. didn't want his mom to come over at any hour knocking on the door. Yeah, that's kind of what been like it's very it's like not even knocking at the front door only doors get knocked like room doors get knocked so oh they're already inside they're, the house they're up in the house okay no you've got to you got to establish and you need to have like a big talk with this guy and there needs to be like a few bullet points like for me a bullet point was the knocking on the door when before nine when you already asked to not do that or before eight or whatever it was it was something specific I'm just saying this is something very specific like you can say for example knocking on my door knocking on even the front door like and you, but I how does she do it though without Here, saying to him so he doesn't repeat it to the family where are you getting this apartment together um I'm thinking like I 10 mile radius from his across town. Yeah, <laughs> like, don't that, make it so 10 easy. mile radius is good for me, which is basically Absolutely. across town for how small. And and you don't tell him that, but secretly when like clock the distance and like a walk up is good because you guys are young, but I bet his mom's old doesn't like four floor walk up. They can't. <laughs> that's right. Get it up some make stairs. Make it so like can, can, can you maybe go to their house? You know what I mean? Like maybe once in a while you can do something that would be fun for you. At their house, like a potluck at their house, so we can yes. Leave. Yes. Have to move. Loud and it's got to be across town. People have to call and ask if they can come over. That's like a given. That's just yeah. what it's like to be in a in an or adult. Or text. Yeah, they got to And wait ask. for a response. Your mom has never come over 
without a text response of yes. If she's got ever a, since since that. If she's got a key, if the mom ever gets a key to your house, you have to break up with them and leave the state. <laughs> it's just sort she's of the way. Changed my whole identity. Yeah, absolutely. Walter have, White. It. I also a, have a New Mexico appropriate. I also have just like a. Oh, really the goal for you, I think, is that like when you guys move in, if you don't do anything, it's going to get 20% more intense. And if you do something, it's going to get 20% less. So just so you know, that's probably the zone you're working with. Like, would you, can you live with it being like 10 to 20% less than it already is now? Yes. Good question. Okay, if it so, was so just that's a little so that's better. Your... It would be good enough for you. Yeah, good enough for me. It's just to the point where it's like, oh, we can't get our own place because his sister can't afford a place on her own, and he—he's paying for her. Yeah. Well, no, he's—he's he's helping. They had a third roommate. He left, so now they're splitting it. Right. Two of them. But but if he has this overactive empathy with his family that he like can never you know, make a move like you guys, it's, it's, it's a, he's making a transition. He's like moving into partnership from his sister, his family to you. Essentially, you guys are now becoming roommates and there's going to have to be some, this is this, I would have make this a big dinner, a big conversation. Here's some things that you might want to think about. You could say it like that too. Like this isn't, you don't have to say it like he, I see you guys in like candlelight, really fun you know, like maybe say like, I, you know, like, let's go out to dinner. I want to talk about this new phase and like, you know, let him know a few things, you and know, then, like, yeah, you look, because if he's, if he's on the fence about his mom being able to like knock on your door randomly, uh, uh-uh, uh, you don't need to live with him. No. And, and he might not, he might not be even be the guy for you. You're really young. You know, if he's not open to this bending in this little bit, I think that that's something to really, I'm not saying you shouldn't move in with him, but it's something think, to clock for I sure. I think, yeah, you go, here's what I would recommend. Go to 10,000 waves <laughs> in, in Santa Fe, get into a tub. And then make sure his There's mom, no talking there, though. That's not sure a good time. Make sure his mom is in the tub next to you guys. She can't be in the <laughs> same tub, okay? <laughs> I think Natasha's on to something. You just, it sounds like he's mature, you're mature, but maybe you're a little bit more mature when it comes to this dynamic. Tell him what's up. List him five what's up. things that you know you cannot deal with and yep. let him know. And maybe even go more extreme and see how he reacts. Tell him you can you want to host her once a week here at the house. And like you can go have coffee with her, do whatever you want. And then you can even add as a side note, I just want you to know, like, you, you know, I really believe in you. And, and you know, I just want to make sure I don't know. I don't want her to tell her family they're taking advantage of her, but him. But every time he does an electoral job for eight hours for a family member for free, that's like money that he's taking away from your potential family. Oh, so, come on. It's true. I totally get sometimes like it's it's just more about like all the energy he's giving to his family. What if about the energy that he's going to give to himself and his future? Like, and by himself and his future, you mean you? Yeah. And he's going to be exhausted after, I mean, he works outside manual labor constantly and then gets home and then works until dark for his family. Here's the deal. If you have the conversation that Natasha is suggesting and he pushes back and says, I can't abandon my family like that. He's giving you a gift of great information He's telling you, I cannot prioritize you. I have to prioritize them. Then it's on you. That's not his thing. He's telling you, here's here's what my priorities are. My priorities are my family first, then you. Then it's all you. You go, oh, 
I want to be in a relationship with somebody who prioritizes his family over me. I wouldn't be in a relationship with someone like that. Or I can't be in a relationship with somebody like that. You get that great bit of information. And 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 it's always important to lead with. And I, I love your family. I love your mom. Blank, blank, blank. Why? Here's why. You know, and it's really important to me that we keep this really great relationship. I'm just telling you as my new potential partner. And this is such a big thing. Like, oh, my God, we're like starting this new chapter and you know it's exciting and go away so it's like what it's not something that'll go away so it's like i have to if i don't figure this out now like you said it'll just get 20 percent worse (laughs) down the line yeah good fences make good neighbors good boundaries make good families you don't you don't you're not dating his mom it's very important that he knows you're not dating his mom or his sister but don't say it like that just tell him how cool his mom is and how much you want to like do things, but just, you know, I just want to make sure that, you know, it's, it's so inspiring to me. And I hope that maybe you guys are at a place where you can say, I hope that one day we can create a family and you know, you know, it's like, he does sound cool. I mean, he's definitely a guy who's got that much caregiving. I just think always lead with like the positive. To be honest, we need some electrical work done. So if it could come. (laughs) But I would never ask my brother, my brother can do like construction. Both of my brothers are really handy, but I never ask them without paying them. I'm just saying, Hey, Anyway, the point is we have some GCFI uh, um, plugs that are <laughs> kind of unsafe right now in our house. So if he wants to come over, we consider him like family. He's part of the podcast family now. So please, um, I hope that that was helpful. That was so helpful. I'll, lis- I'll listen to anything Natasha tells me. She's my spirit animal. So <laughs> I, oh, nice. I listen to about 50% of it. So we have, <laughs> we have some things in common. It's worked so We're trying so. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for joining Thank us. Thank you so much for talking to me. I love the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Good luck. Bye. Sweet. It's sweet because she was right. She's like more mature than her age, but still her age. And that's the difficulty. It's like she's trying to live this. She definitely did not seem like a 20 year old. No, that's for damn sure. And I'm sure he doesn't seem like a 20 year old, too. But as is reality, a 20 year old is still a 20 year old. And they can't see like, damn, this is inappropriate how close my mom is. to me. And it's obviously good for him to have her kind of urging him to not you know, let his family take advantage of him and always be the person who everyone's counting on. And, you know, what he's helping is, he's, what, he's going to help his sister raise her child. I mean, I does know. he want to do that or does he want to create his own family? I don't know. I mean, I don't, I, I, I guess I'm not the right person to ask because I don't have. You got, I would say, very animated when it came to boundaries between in-laws. <laughs> I saw your eyes come alive. You're like, are we talking about what now? I have a treatise. <laughs> Do I have any thoughts on this subject? I do indeed. Scroll, unscroll the parchment. But you know, you're right. You need boundaries. Right? I, absolutely. The more, the older I get, the more I think boundaries are one of the most important things in interpersonal relationships. Making clear and concise boundaries so that you want, they don't get stepped over. The scary thing, people are more afraid of setting boundaries. They're more afraid of the discomfort of setting boundaries than they are of a life of discomfort of unspoken boundaries being trampled upon. So what's more difficult, having a frank conversation or living your life in a way that's uncomfortable from now on? Seems pretty obvious. I, I, you know what? I want to start being more frank. You should be more frank. I really think so. Thank you. I, and I'm open for I'm As the kids say, as she would say, the 22-year-olds would say, I'm here for it. You, you know what else? <laughs> Could you not make fun of Pablo's kennel cough? He hasn't been around other dogs. He's just been like he's got problems. Got this like weird cough. That's he's got to like, go to the vet, and you're like mm-hmm. making fun. That's a boundary for me. To be frank, it's a boundary for me for you to make fun of my dying dog. It isn't really. You can do whatever you want. Do we have boundaries? We. I think you and you and I we have mm-hmm. very clear boundaries around how often my mom would come over. That was not a com- I mean, 
it's easier though because I I wasn't embarrassed or div- it wasn't that wasn't a difficult conversation for me to have with my mom. By the way, I, I love your mom. I, I want to see do. her. I'm just I'm like, just, I'm just I, saying it's good if she's going to live but, uh, 0.03 miles away from very us. Very specifically, you, you know you the know, amount of mileage. It's like you should just know what the boundaries are but around the, that. But what I'm saying is I'm not in a family dynamic with my mom where that was a difficult conversation for me to have. Right. And that's it sounds true. like this guy, he thinks he's betraying his family to have that conversation. Right. That's but, harder because that's one of the things I love about you so much. You have a great family and you're, you've got really good communication with them and you're a really good communicator and you've created another good family. And you know what? You've got a great family too. I was just texting with your brother yesterday. Well, great. We're and close. I, your influence on, on my family is probably good because you're like a very solid, nice person. Hey, honey, this is really sweet. <laughs> well, my family loves you. And you know who else loves you? There's another member of my family that loves you. Our child? Yeah, but there's another member of my family that loves you. <sighs> I'm out of guesses. Me. Oh, I love you too. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. America. 